When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome everyone to Premier League Forecast. Uh, my name is Kev. Tonight I am joined by Luke, by Patrick from Back of the Nest, and Jack from the Talking Ballocks podcast. Uh, evening, everyone. How are we all? All good? Not too bad. Good, thank yeah, you. Great. Great. Thanks, Kev. All right. Um, best way to look, we're just going to focus really on four main games that we've we've decided on uh, and the thing is there's 10 games over the weekend if you try to analyze all 10 you haven't got a hope in hell there's, and it's just a mind melt so we're just going to do the four we're going to start off with arguably the biggest game of the weekend which is Chelsea Spurs all right um Luke how do you, how do you see this one I mean it's a top of the table it's an important clash for yeah. top six top four um both clubs have ambitions of titles of silverware. They've both yeah. spent big. So how do, how do you see the importance of this game going into the season? I think it's a massive game for Spurs, uh, especially. I think their record at Stamford Bridge, I think, is won once in 29 years. Um, and they've definitely got a bit of a mental block when it comes to playing Chelsea. And if Spurs are serious of wanting to finish third, and maybe even push for the title. These are the sort of games against your rivals where you need to win these games or especially not lose these games because it's we we could see Spurs win or we could easily see them lose at Stamford Bridge. And they'd be like, yeah. oh, well, it's just the same old Tottenham. Yeah, great summer, but, you know, mentality still the same. And, yeah, they'll be lucky to finish top four. So it is big mentality-wise for them. And it is big for Chelsea as well. Chelsea spent loads of money, probably going to be spending more money with the with the transfers that have been linked. So it's massive pressure for Thomas Tuchel as well because he's going to be spending a lot of money. And if he doesn't get off to a good start, then people could be looking at him thinking, "Yeah, maybe you need to get the chop." So it's a massive game for both the teams. It's rather do not lose rather than do not win. I don't think either side would want to lose to another. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, um, 
Is that is what Luke was saying there? Is that pretty much the way this these games tend to go with sides that are in and around you, be it top of the table, mid table, bottom half, where, wherever. Early in the season, it's at all costs don't lose, but get a win if you can. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, it's early in the season, but right now I'm, I'm picking both. Uh, Chelsea and Tottenham finished top five. So from that standpoint, they don't want to lose a match, either one of them. Um, I think uh, Spurs have done some great business in the window and Chelsea are just getting started as far as, you know, if they get the players they want to get through, we've been rumoured to get through, you know, of late, if they get, let's say, Fofana uh, in and other players that are rumoured to come in, they could they could make a, a real big push in and they've gotten rid of some players of late. So, yeah, I think it's kind of a game where they just don't want to lose a Sunday, you know, it's a late Sunday match. Um, it's a good game. I'm looking forward to it. But again, I don't think either one wants to lose, uh, you know, this early in the season to, you know, what's going to be a top five rival. Yeah. And uh, Jack, um, are Spurs still Spursy? You think Conte has um, got that mentality, his mentality, his uh, philosophy in all, into these players over his um, short tenure at the club? And do you think that the players that were still there on their previous, let's face it, they got Nuno to chop. They've got Pochettino to chop. Are these players capable of taking on what Conte wants to do? You'd hope so, because, I mean, they're all, if you look at their squad, they've got really, really good players. I mean, no matter how you try and swing it, there's a few players that maybe you'd replace, granted, but like they're not as good as City, Liverpool, like obviously, but... They have got quality littered throughout that team. And actually what they've done in the summer window is they've bought players to facilitate that. Like Spurs are not the type of team that would sign Richarlison when there's no guarantee he's going to play. Like normally with Spurs and teams like Spurs, Arsenal, they kind of lose a player and then bring a player in to replace them. But they've bolstered an already really strong front three. Um, In terms of whether they're Spursy or not, uh, I think the result against Arsenal at the end of last season if they were Spursy, that's the type of game that they would lose and not get into the top four. And considering that actually, really, they didn't get off to the best start under Conte, them getting into the top four, I think, was huge. I think the proof will be in the pudding this season about whether they are Spursy or not. If they can actually be that next best team, because I know a lot of people have tipped them to disrupt uh, Liverpool and Man City. I can't see it personally, but I think they've got a very strong chance of being the, the next best team. Best of, best of the rest. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll be honest, I look at both of them and there's an awful lot of ifs in there, but if things go well for either one, um, anything's possible. They've bought, Spurs have bought really well for what they needed to do. They, they needed to solidify uh, Champions League going forward. I think Perisic is one of those players that you're only going to get a year, two years out of him, but that's enough. You know, you're, you, he's, you don't have to future plan with every single signing. And someone like him, Richarlison as cover for Kane, for any of the front three, to be honest, because you can play along along the front three. Jed Spence a gamble. Um, just because you did it in the championship doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do it at the top end of the Premier League. And uh, We have the same problem with uh, Carvalho in that respect, where just because you... Sh- you were brilliant in the championship. There is levels to this game, you know, and jumping into a top flight Premier League side, pushing for honours is uh, is a big push. It's a big gamble for me. But 
the way I see this one going, I got to be honest, I was pretty impressed with what Spurs did and how, how they played first game of the season. I don't think they'll have any fear going to Stamford Bridge. Um, I think Chelsea are still trying to find themselves. Um, Can I just chime in there, Kev? I th- I yeah, think yeah, that, yeah. I think that what I think Spurs have got what Chelsea need, and I think Chelsea have got what Spurs need. Like Chelsea defensively are really good. I know that they'd probably be happier with a third centre half, but mm. when you look across their back line, they've got Chilwell, now they've got Kukurea, they've got Reese James, they've got Aspilicueta, Thiago Silva, Koulibaly. If you compare that to Spurs's defence, there's not really a competition there. But then when you compare Spurs' front line to Chelsea's front line, Sterling obviously improves them. But if you think like Chelsea fans would be more than happy to have Kane, Son and Kulisevsky up front. So I think what Chelsea lack, Spurs have. And I think what Spurs lack, Chelsea have. So it's it's going to be a really interesting battle across the season for two mm-hmm. teams if Chelsea don't end up signing the third centre-half, I think. But that's just Yeah, what no, no, think. I think it's fair. I just don't know. Well, Patrick... On Chelsea's uh, options to go for, say, Wesley Fofana, do you think this new owner? Because look, uh, as far as I, you're you're in the states, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yep. Right. Yep. So, do you think the because the ownership model that was touted when uh, the new owners took over at Chelsea was an, along the lines of American sports? Do you think that the scattergun, what seems to be a scattergun approach to their transfer policy so far? Will they are will they go for Wesley Fofana at all costs and save face, or is there a cut? Do you see a cutoff point in their business where they're willing to walk away? I don't think there is. I mean, I think Todd Bowley owns the uh, LA Dodgers, I guess, the baseball team over yeah. here. So, um, I don't think there is a cutoff, honestly. But looking at who who, who they've already got, uh, as um I mentioned before, you know, they've got Cucurella, they got uh. Connie Chukomeka, that really good player for under-19 England in one yeah. Euros. Excellent player from Aston Villa. Yeah, I, I know a lot of money. Yeah. Palace only, on, you know, he only had so. a, year, a year left in his contract as well. Right, and he you didn't know. want to sign a new one, so they kind of had yeah. to sell him or lose him. They've got uh, Slonina, the, the keeper from over in Chicago. Kulabari, we mentioned, and Sterling. I mean, they've made some good buys. And again, I think they're in for... Aren't they in for the, the player that May United want? The, the, the midfielder. Dion. 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 I mean, Dion. if they get Frankie De Jong, I mean, from underneath May United... After all that's going on. And then, like you like just mentioned, maybe go for Fana. That's some great business. So again, it sounds, it does look kind of scattergun, but I think there's a method to his madness. I think he just wants to go out there and get the best quality players and stuff and give them the two because they, you know, go ahead and play them. I mean, even at the, uh, like the Obama Yang league makes no sense, except if you realize that when Obama Yang was at Dortmund under Tuchel, he was brilliant. So it makes a lot of sense. And they need a striker. I mean, Chelsea need a striker now that they've lost them, um, uh, weren't back to, you know, Red Bull. So, um, it, it it does. It, I I really think that Bowley has a plan. I don't think it's a great idea for him to be his own director of football. I think that's kind of temporary. But I think right now, coming in, he's got tons of money to spend. He's just going to go out and buy the best players for Tuchel and say, "Here, just you know, do your best." Yeah, and Luke, um, there's a lot being talked about uh, forward lines in the league with Haaland and Nunes and what have you. But I got to be got to be fair. That Spurs front three is as good as anything in in Europe at the minute when they're flying. Um, how do, how do you think Kulisevsky has done in what you've seen so far? Do you think there's more to come from him? Uh, yes, yes, I do think so. I think when he signed for Spurs, I was a bit like, oh, he's barely played at Juve. Um, if he starts off slowly, 
he'll be like, yeah, we're not going to accept the, uh, like the option to buy um, should we get Champions League football. But he is sort of, um, you know, taking me by surprise. I think he's slotted in really, really well. I think he's been a brush of fresh air. I think that's why he's done so well. I think his big test is when people work out what's he going to do. I then see how he adapts once defenders have worked him out, which I still think defenders are still trying to work him out. So I, I do expect him to have a lull period, probably after the World Cup. And, and, and it will be how quickly can he adapt from people figuring out, oh, he's going to cut in on his left shoot or, or, or is he going to go down the outside? So it's going to be really interesting to see how he sort of, you know, adapts. Well, defenders know what to do against him. In fairness, mate, people have been trying to do that with Mo Salah for six years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once, for one like season that. wonder, he's one goal behind Steven and Gerrard now. <laughs> you know? Uh, in the chat is, uh, I'm not even going to, Sas Coppice is Matt. He's over from uh, Canada in Dublin at the minute. Uh, Chelsea must get another centre-back. Matt, let us know in the chat how your first day in Ireland was. How did you get on with it all? Hopefully you yeah. enjoyed the warm weather. Dublin is amazing. There's a pub <laughs> on every block, it seems. Yeah, you'll, you'll fit right in. You wait until you meet up with the boys on uh, for the Manchester United game. They'll show you the ones that you've missed, and there's going to be plenty. But, I mean, there's two scores on the doors. Um, Jack, how do you see this one going? You're going to... Your last fiver before... Three days before payday, and you have to walk into ex-bookmaker. What are you doing? I think um, it's a really good chance for both teams to lay down a marker. I think Conte going back to the bridge, he's one of their managers who lives to prove a point, so I'm going back Spurs to win. I couldn't put a score on it, but I think Spurs to win. Mm-hmm. Patrick, if you were putting the scores on the doors there, what do you reckon? Well, it's it's at Chelsea, right? It's a Chelsea home match, Stanford mm, Bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't travel I'll, well there, so yeah. I was going to say I would have I would have backed Spurs. That front line is amazing, but being at this at Chelsea, I'm probably going to go for a one-one draw. Luke, took my result. I was going to go for a draw. <laughs> I was sitting on the fence. Sitting on the fence. Oh, you know, I'll go. Um, I'd rather Chelsea win because I don't think they'll challenge for the title. Um, so I'm going to go with the Chelsea win. Yeah, sorry, I got Spurs winning two one. Um, no, I just think I don't think. Well, Chelsea are settled ish at the back; they haven't been tested yet, and their front line still has a long way to go before there's any kind of fluidity. They're missing um, a focal point, aren't they? They're missing that they focal point of the attack massively. Um, it's something actually. Do you remember going back a few years ago when they had Olivia, the likes of Olivia Giroud, or even well, even Lukaku to a point, Drogba before that, in years gone by, that one player to play off the rest. It's, right. I mean, I, I'm one of these people on this channel that wax lyrical about Giroud for years. I honestly think he was so underrated for oh, what yeah. he was for what he did. He was one of the best out there at what he does, you know. And those type of centre forwards are a menace, you know. And they're they're a dying breed in the game, to be fair. Yeah. But look, we'll see how that one is. Is the main game? It's got to be the one that. That's got to draw most media attention anyway. But, Jack, you've got a interesting trip uh, t- tomorrow. 3 p.m. kickoff, I think, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3 p.m. away at Arsenal. Can't say I'm uh, 
overly looking forward to it, to be honest. Uh, but it's it's this, it's this exact type of game where Leicester would get a result. It's it's like whenever when the chips are down, it's the type of game where we go and nick it one nil, like two one, some or just get a draw. It's that kind of game. We've always even like before we've obviously ascended up to the top top end of the Premier League. It's exactly the sort of thing we do. We had a really good record when we were in the Championship of losing to the lower teams and then beating beating the big teams the week later. It's just how we've always been. So I'm not particularly confident, but we could definitely nick a result. We've got the qualities to nick a result, but Arsenal are just on in the ascendancy and there seems to be a little bit of stagnation around us at the moment. But What's the story with Fafana? Has he travelled with the Master Squad? Yeah, yeah. He's So Rogers and, and the board, by all accounts, have made a really, really like big deal about the fact that he's going to stay in the squad because they don't want to sell him like apparently even if there was like a gentleman's agreement which I don't agree with when you sign the contract but gentleman's agreement that he was going to go like in 2023 and he's he's contracted for five years so if he's contracted for five years he was happy to sign it his agent was happy to sign it without a release clause so got to suck it up I'm afraid he's traveled with the squad he played the full game last week played reasonably well so but he's he's got if if all the rumors on social media are to be, to be believed, he's now getting a bit of a reputation of being somebody that likes to force moves from clubs. So if he goes to Chelsea and then somebody comes sniffing for him like PSG in a few years, would he do it again? Because he's got a track record of it now, unfortunately. Interesting, interesting one, um, Patrick. You guys played Arsenal last week, um, first game of the season. You know how did you how did you guys think? How did you think you did? Uh, what did you make of the Arsenal that you saw? Because, go on, I'll, I'll say what I, what I think after. What do you think? So, you know, first match of the season, we had done well against them last season, drew away, beat them at home. But we had a little bit of a disjointed uh, preseason. I think kind of showed. We didn't really come into the game till second half. But we really did have two clear, clear-cut chances to to score. Um, first half, Edward had a, had a six-yard box saved. And then Eze had a, a chance second half. Honestly, that Arsenal team is different than last year. And I'll tell you the two reasons why I think it is. I think one is that um, I think, well, I think Arteta's doing a, done a good job of kind of bringing in some decent young players and some good um, professionals now. The addition of Gabriel Jesus is going to be a massive difference for them. Last year, Lacazette couldn't get in behind any defence, especially at not ours, and we just dropped off and played them. Now having Jesus will go get, get in behind, he can drop, he can drop for the ball. It's a big difference. And William Saliba is a very, very good centre-half. Yeah, he's, he's all right, big, isn't he? He's strong and he's quick. Yeah, we, we had a lot of trouble against him last, last week, a lot of trouble. So those two players, Saliba and Jays, I think Jinchenko will be a difference too. I think it makes them a better team than they've been. And, um, you know, I just think that they're going to be definite. I would be shocked they don't finish top four this season. And I know the joke is about last year, they fell out of it because of Tottenham, but Shot, I'd be shocked uh, if Arsenal not finished top four this year. I really would be shocked because they I look, they look, they look much four, better. Or else I hope they yeah. don't finish top four. I've got well, I can imagine. Not in it. So I, need I don't want them to either. I don't do not like Arsenal, but what based on what I've seen, and it's only based on one on one match. Yeah. But they look really good. They really do. Well, Luke, um, first game of the season, Friday night. You know, what did you make of the Arsenal performance? And with Leicester going there. Do you think Arsenal are just like... Well, what do you think? Because for me, Arsenal can be that or that. I don't think there's a middle yeah, ground. Agreed. agreed. And Leicester being 2-0 up, being paid back, 
Yeah. It seems to me this is a pick'em. Anything can happen in this game. Yeah. I think I think with the Arsenal performance, like they weren't that great. They were great for like twenty-five minutes. First half they were great, weren't they? Like yeah, they really did move the ball well. Yeah, yeah. Second half, if Palace had their finishing boots, like that game ends in the draw. That was it. Yeah. That was and it. then we're going, well, Arsenal are back, aren't they? Hold, <laughs> hold out on the 2-0 lead. They draw 2-2. I thought Zinchenko was okay. He looked very shaky at left back. Um I thought Saliba looked great. He was definitely the man, man of the match for me. I thought he looked completely different. What a difference a top-class centre-back makes in your team because I yeah. don't rate that Arsenal defence like at all. And then, yeah, I thought Arsenal were great for 25 minutes, hung on at times against Palace, and that's why I don't think they'll finish top four because against someone that's going to finish them off, like they they probably lose that game. If Palace had a finisher up front, that game ends in the draw. But with Leicester, I I think Rodgers could be in some big trouble this season because I don't know what's going on at, at Leicester because no one's gone out, well, apart from Schmeichel, but no one's come in, which, which is odd because they, like, they need a refresh. Yeah, funny you should ask this. Jack, the Leicester fan. You were on a show with uh, with the lads the other week, and you briefly went into the story of what's going on with Leicester City. Um, I did. If you, you know, the floor is yours um, because I'm... it is interesting. Look, you're getting offers now for you know, is it a case you know for some of your players where are Leicester seen as a club where size can cherry pick, or? Do players want out? Is there disharmony? Is, what's going on? I mean, I've got the basics of it with the, the with the finances, and mm. you know, you spent hef- heftily over the last couple of years. Yeah, but look, it's the floor is yours. You 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 explain. You tell us. Well, I've got two questions. The first, Kev, how much time have you got? And am I allowed uh, to rant a little bit? Because <laughs> oh, it could it could turn yes. that way. It could turn that yes, way. Yes, you have the floor, my son. Right, I'll start. I'll start with the basic. First of all, money's money's not the issue. Like we we have got money. Like we there's it's suddenly come out that Leicester's in in debt, but which what what top level club isn't? You look at most clubs in the Premier League, they've all got some sort of debt. We've just bought and we've just paid for a new training ground. We're getting a stadium expansion. The money's there. The issue is we've got a bloated squad with too many high earners that are happy to sit on their backsides on the bench, not playing football. Yannick Vestergaard being a prime example. He said he wants to stay and fight for his place at Leicester right before a World Cup, when the, the manager of Denmark's come out and said he only wants players in his squad that are playing, and he's gone, no, I'm not going to go to Fulham. I'm going to sit on the bench at Leicester as fifth-choice centre-half when he could have gone to Fulham and played probably quite regularly at Fulham because we were. I had a Fulham fan on my podcast, and he's, we both sort of said that a centre-half might be the difference between them staying up. Now they've got Issa Diop instead, who's, a, in my opinion, for Fulham, a good centre-half. But he's happy to sit on his backside. We've just got rid of Chowdhury, but for some reason have activated a year extension because he'd have been out at the end of the year. And that, I think, is to try and incentivise Watford to try and buy him. But if he has a poor season at Watford, they'll just send him back and you're back to square one again. So it's at what point do you cut those ties? We've got too many players on high wages that aren't kicking the ball. We had big injury problems last year. We had too many players with their, as I've just seen pop up there, um, Pereira out for six yeah. months. Yeah, exactly. We, we lost, yeah. and he's a fantastic player. You know what? I just want to say one thing. You don't have to be a Leicester fan to look at Ricardo Pereira and just 
that poor guy. Mm. He cannot catch a break. He was. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I'm like being too like. I don't think I'm over sensationalizing when I say this, but pre-COVID, He's he brilliant. was as good as Trent and as good as Walker and Cancelo. He, in terms of form, he was. Oh, he I'm was not, up there. I'm, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. He was, and that's that's not me sensationalizing. That's not right. any bias. You can see based on the drop off, not just of him, but of the team as well. When he was flying, we were right at the top of the. T- we were, ch- we were like people were saying we were going to challenge Liverpool for the title and stuff like that, which I thought was ridiculous. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? But at that time, around Christmas, before you yeah. came to, came to us and pumped us four 0 like we we were doing really well, and everyone thought we were on for the top four at least. Um, and we all know. What oh happened, yeah. Right? Yeah. But it's it's too much money. I think we've we've had that model for a long time of we still buy cheap, develop, sell high. That's the idea. But you look at Soyuncu, he had a big falling out with Rogers last year. Um his agent was kind of telling him, Oh yeah, you'll get big moves, you'll go to a big club, that's gonna happen. And then his fo- he believed it, so he thought, Oh, I'm not gonna perform anymore, fell out with Rogers and now out of players, eh? Where have I heard that before? Yeah. But isn't this a problem where because we saw this with Southampton when we look we were we had we almost had a discount card at Southampton at one stage <laughs> you know but if you're if you're going to be it's that our turn club, now it's our turn now <laughs> it's true but if you're going to be that club who buys well develops you still have to sell yeah yes. no yeah. is that no. The, is that yeah. the problem where think, no. you, you sold well up to a point but now when and the one summer that you didn't sell, I think we bought poorly as well. Is that a joint there? I think we bought poorly as well, though. I don't think it was just the fact that we didn't sell. I think we bought poorly. I think if we'd have bought well, last season would have been really different. I mean, you have to remember that last season, apparently, we're, I mean, we didn't have a good season in, in domestically because we had a significant number of injuries that were huge injuries as well. Like we had our two best centre halves missing for most of the season. We had yeah. Madison missing, we had Vardy missing, and Didi missed half a season. Like We had huge players missing for us. And we still finished eighth, three points behind West Ham, who apparently had an amazing season. So it's like, oh, that's that, but that shows the level that everyone right. expects Leicester to be at now. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's one of them. We had a bad season and we finished eighth. And we haven't, we've lost Schmeichel. And I said this with the lads the other night, that there's been rumblings of him leaving for a while. Like he's He's gone on record publicly to say he wanted to play European football again. And I think a lot, and he had, he didn't, he probably had his worst season in the yeah, Premier League last season. He's been going down, down. He doesn't but, command his box well. I'm not being funny. Like Danny Ward, he's not as good as Casper Michael. I'm not even going to go there. But no. in terms of commanding his box, Ward was coming out and punching, collecting crosses on Saturday. And that was things that Schmeichel just wasn't doing. Like his starting position from set pieces, Schmeichel would be glued to his line, wouldn't come out, sort of tries to buy the foul, stuff like that. Whereas Ward, his starting position was about four yards off his line. He was literally saying, "You got. I'm going to come. And, I'm going to come and win this." He wasn't letting letting people pin pin him in, and I think that's that's kind of Schmeichel's an incredible shot stopper. I think he's one of the best shot stoppers yeah. the league's ever seen. But in terms of his all round play, that's why he's never moved to a big team because he hasn't got the all round goalkeeping ability right. that Edison or Allison and people like that have. It's a question um, there in the in the chat, Jack. Is Rogers the manager you want? Uh, my question, my spin on that would be: Does Brendan have a shelf life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the big problem is his wage, because he's it. he's the fourth. I mean, I'm going to say it again on air: He's the fourth highest paid manager in the league, which is just ridiculous. Oh he's come on! He's definitely not. He's definitely no. He's eight eight million a year. Eight million <laughs> a year is on fourth Jesus. highest paid manager in the league. I know, wow. which is why sacking him is is it's just and the only the only time we'll sack him 
as if we are literally staring down a barrel of relegation, which I don't think we will be, because I think our squad is, even if we lose Fafana, like, our squad's too good for that. I mean, even people saying we're going to finish 14th, 15th, we'd have to have another injury crisis to do that. Because if we do sell Fafana, we'd get 90 odd million for him, we'd be able to reinvest that because we reinvest well, usually. Right. Um, but it's, is, is he the right man to take us forward? Who would you bring in that's better? Like the only, the, only, the only person out there who, who you would say who's av- readily available is Pochettino, Poch, who, who wouldn't, right. who wouldn't Kevin come Ball to Kevin Ball is a great shout there, actually. Mm. Yeah. But, um, Graham Potter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but, you'd, but you'd be paying a lot to get him out of there, I think. Yeah. And would he want to come? Because he's got a good thing going there. I, so, is he holding out what? for a bigger job? I, I think, personally, I think that he's the ideal candidate to replace Southgate. If, yeah. the oh, yeah. are, if the FA are brave enough to do it, but I don't think they are. Yeah, I yeah, just don't no. see it. Patrick, no, no. I wanted to touch with you on um, Patrick Vieira. and He's into his second season. i got to admit, when I saw the appointment first time of Patrick Vieira, I thought, that's a bit odd. You know, right. I mean, no, I, I, it was just a left field, so, uh, left field appointment bearing in mind the Hudson era and the way that Hudson had Palace played. And the transformation that Patrick has made in in the year, how do you think he kicks that on? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's a great question. I mean, I'm very happy with the the appointment. (laughs) I really am. The appointment is great. Um, You know, we're playing modern football now. You know, under Hodgson, it was sit back. You know, soak up pressure, trying to counter attack. That doesn't work in the Premier League anymore. You've got to have, you know, ball playing centre half. You've got to have playing out the back. You've got to, you know, control the midfield. You've got to have, you have to press better, etc. So, um, I love what he's doing. The next step is a good question because last year was surprising. The fact that he kept us up comfortably, which I didn't expect us to be kept up comfortably. I expected to stay up, but not as easy as he did. And we got the FA Cup semi final, which is a major surprise. Getting the FA Cup semi final was a major surprise. I mean, I didn't expect to beat Chelsea. Just being there was was great for us. So, where do we go from here? Is a great question because my my concern this season is, I think we can finish mid table like tenth comfortably, if we keep Zaha, which is going to be massive because there's rumblings about maybe Chelsea want to come in to get him or other teams or him want to go to Europe maybe. And how do we incorporate some of our newer signings? So we've you know we've got Czech the Corey, who I really love, but he's coming from France and it's a new league. Lons, you know, he's he's, he's a He's a ball-playing defensive midfielder who I really like. So he's going to be good, but he's not there yet. We lost Benteke. Now, people say last week, you know, no big deal. He hasn't scored goals in, in, in years, and he really hasn't. But he was important to have around the squad as far as, you know, if we, you know, there was a spray off spell last season around Christmas where he scored like three or four goals in like five matches. And then he, then Vera switched up to Mateta. We fought signing permanent. He went on a little bit of a streak and was good towards the end of the season. But we need someone to score 15 goals for us this season. And that's my concern is that we don't really, like I just told you before, you know, the, the Arsenal game was a matter of just finishing. We just didn't finish. We played well enough. We, possession was, I mean, possession on the Hodgson, I think, was about 40%. A 
last season under Vieira was 52%, and then last week it was like 54% against Arsenal. Yeah, so you actually the whole bust. style of play is different. So yeah. Yeah. No, you control... Uh, you, for all the praise that Arsenal got, Palace had more of the ball. Yeah, they had did. the same amount of efforts, and they had the same on amount goal, of efforts right. on, on goal. <laughs> exactly. Now, you've got two strikers. I liked Edward when he was in um, in Scotland. Yeah, uh, Celtic, yeah. I'd be honest, I was, there's a few people touting at him to maybe bring in... When we were looking to get rid of Origi, the, okay. Maybe we could we could have looked for that physical type striker that he was right. and look under Klopp to maybe develop him. But Palace took the punt on him, and then you've got right. Matete as well. Right. But one I look I'm look I like a lot is Michael Elise. I I love him. He's brilliant. I love him to the state where I would take him over Saka to be a backup wow. to Mo Salah, purely and simply because I think. I honestly believe that he's got a higher ceiling. And I think being that bit younger, I think he's as quick. I think he's confident. Uh, How how do you see the plan for him? Because long term, you want to keep him as long as possible. I get that. But is, is it similar to what Leicester did with players like Maguire? You get that one gen, you bring him on as much as you can, and then you cash right in. And then reinvest in the club again, or how is it going to work? Because there's also yeah. rumblings that um, Conor Gallagher could be coming onto the market again, and maybe right. Palace might go back in for him again. So I'll get the Gallagher in a moment because that that could be massive. But I'll, I don't want to talk about him all, all the time because we can talk about that him every week until the market's yeah, closed. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, with Elise, the thing with him is that he's a little fragile. Now he's injured at the moment. Um, just heard today from Vieira, he actually trained all week, which is great. He yeah. had his foot end of last season. There might be in the squad for Monday, which would be brilliant. Um, I think Vieira's done a great job of how he's brought him on. I think he's taken his time, hasn't rushed me, but are you playing on that right side? But he says a different kind of a player. He's you know, got that cultured left foot, he's a inverted winger. He can cross a ball, he can shoot a ball, he can. He makes great passes. Um, but he's young, he's only, he's only 19, he's 19 yeah. 20, just, he just turned 20 actually. He's, he's still very, very young. So um, I don't think that model of us buying players and then selling them on is really what we do anymore. I thought that was the way we were going when we bought like like we bought Eze, for instance, two years ago from QPR. But I think we're going to try and now develop develop them players and try and keep them for longer because even with like we just found signed player from Derby, my, Malcolm Aboy, who's a lot like Zaha and a lot like um, Olise. What trust me on that? He's only nine, eighteen actually, very okay. young. He's um, brilliant, honestly. I watched him at Derby yeah. last year. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so we're going to bring him on. Very, very, very natural and everything that he does. Um, shy, shy kid. You could tell. He's, I see him in the interviews after match. He's very shy, but he's he's another gem. So with Alise, like I said, I think we're going to look to trying to keep him unless, unless now there's a rumor out there that he has a um, a release clause that's like around thirty five million. I would be if, if if that's true, someone's going to trigger it at some point before the transfer uh, window closes. Because... You'd hope that that's timing. That's time length. That it's it might be thirty five million. Yeah. In twenty twenty in twenty twenty three or something, right? Like and that. that's what I had heard. I heard it's not for this season; it's it's it's, it's, it's actually for yeah. next year. Yeah. So, uh, so we're going to look. At, we're trying to get him for a better contract, and then hire the, raise that release clause. But as far as he's concerned, I think we're going to try and keep him around because again, him and him and Zaha on one side and, and Lisa on the other side are great. Really yeah. quick, quick again to Edward. Edward, I think this season is big for him. Now we got him in, you know, last season, but he's only it's first in the Premier League, and you, we all know first in the Premier League is from a new league is very difficult, especially for going from Scotland. But for me, he's got he's got a got to fire this season for us to do anything this year. Because we can't return line just Mateta. 
Wolf scored, I think, 13 goals last year. We can't really rely on Wolf scoring those goals next year. So, Edwards, for me, has got to score 15 goals this year for us to do anything this year. I was going to ask you, actually, about Eze. The role he played... Um, the role he played against Arsenal was it, almost like a part of a midfield three. Right. I didn't expect to see him in that. I see him more as a 10 or a second striker. How do you think he'll... Do you think that's where he's going to develop through the season? So, so let's, let's go to Gallagher now. So we don't have Gallagher in there as an eight. So we don't really have a true eight, a box-to-box eight. So we're using now Decore as the holding uh, midfielder and then Jeffrey Schlupper as an eight. But Schlupper isn't... You know, energy levels are like Gallagher, but he can't press like Gallagher. And what Gallagher yeah. brought us last year was that that pressing. If you guys saw the Arsenal game last year with 3 nothing, Gallagher must have covered 15 kilometres in that match. He was brilliant. He was pressing the goalkeeper, the left-back, the centre-halves, everybody. He was, he was brilliant. So not having him means that Vieira has changed its system slightly. As it's more of a 10. Now, he didn't play that, my, that way as much against Arsenal, but the goal is have him as a 10, just kind of give him a free, free roll to kind of sit behind the, 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 the striker, Go left, go right, drop deep, collect the ball, you know, create chances. And again, he created a great chance between him and, and Wilf last week, but just didn't convert it. But um, I think our style's going to change. Now, again, the rumours are, I heard it again from Vieira, that he's not our player, him being Gallagher. But Gallagher wants to get to the World Cup. He's not going to play for Chelsea this season. He's just not going to. There's no way. It's, I've watched uh, Tuchel's system. He doesn't fit the system. He'll play, you know, you, you know, Champions League, give him once in a while, maybe League Cup games. But he's not going to play enough to get into the inter Southgate squad. So if he wants to play, his best chance to come back to Palace. Whether that so, happens or not, I don't know. Sorry to put okay. in there, Patrick. It really frustrated me watching the Chelsea-Everton game that he only got like one minute at the end. Yeah, at the end of the match. Gallagher's, Gallagher's an outstanding player. And the fact that if that's how Tuchel's going to use him, he's better yeah, off. He I, know, I know he loves Chelsea. I know he's a Chelsea fan, but he right. needs to find somewhere else to play if that's what he's going to yeah. do. do you know I, I mean? agree. Not... So we'll see what happens. Hopefully he'll come back. <laughs> Luke... We've listened to Patrick wax lyrical about Palace, and <laughs> rightly so, because I was really impressed with how they played against Arsenal, despite the result. But we're going to get into our game on Monday night in a second. But when you look at the two clubs, they're both. Do they both? Are they both going to be looking to occupy the same kind of landscape at the end of the season? Who Leicester and Palace? Leicester and Palace, table wise. Bearing in mind, Palace have the young, adventurous attacking side. Leicester have been there, seen it, done it, have seasoned, experienced players, as well as a mixture of youth to come through. How do you see it going, bearing in mind the ambition? Look, I think Crystal Palace as an away ground, the atmosphere in that place when it's going is probably one of the best in the league. That can drag you points. If If Palace can bring the fans with them, Anything could happen there. And Leicester, at the minute, for me, it feels, you know, it all depends on what happens in the next few weeks. A lot of things need to to happen in the next few weeks that define the season for me. How do you see it, Luke? I think for Palace to take that next step, as uh, Patrick said, they need Edouard to hit that form that he had at Celtic. They need one of the forwards to take a step up because it can't be Zaha scoring all the goals. So for Palace to take that next step, they do need one of the forwards to click and have a 15-goal season along with Zaha. And and with Leicester, it all depends on the end of this transfer window because if Leicester lose Tielemans or Fana and don't replace them, 
then they're going to be in for a long season and I can expect them to finish 10th, maybe a little bit below. So I, I will probably say that they'll probably finish like Leicester 11th, Palace 12th. I do expect them to finish quite, quite close. But yeah, yeah, that's where I think they'll finish. I think Leicester are going to have a slight down year because I think Rodgers is going to end up getting sacked at some point this year. Um, right, yeah, listen, on, on that note with Brendan vanishing, look, I'm sorry, I'm shit. <laughs> I got. I, I've got to do my. I, I've just got to do the general housekeeping shit here. So you guys just gonna to have to bear with me a minute while I plod through this. Uh, did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. So Luke, when you go into incognito mode, it doesn't work. So that's it. <laughs> IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing histories, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online, and that it's as simple as that. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your compute on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick if you're streaming media. Which whether you're at home or in public, it I don't I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish offers incredible off, is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan to our listeners and viewers with a 30-day money back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is a super easy to is super easy to use. All you one click of a button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything that you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Uh, IP Vanish is rated four point six out of five on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers to claim your seventy percent savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com forward slash day trippers and away you go. That's me never doing this ever again. Ever. <laughs> Bracky's back next week. I couldn't give a flying fiddlers. <laughs> I am never doing it. Well, me done. Oh. Red Steve, if you're in the chat, if you say one word, I swear to God, I'll dig my phone out and I will ban you. <laughs> anyway, Luke, Monday Night Football. Monday night football. Monday night football. Cool temperatures as well. Thank God. Because it's absolutely oh, so. blowing over. The... Patrick, you're in New York. Yeah, I don't know what it's like over in New York at the minute. but Hot. Hot. I'm in, Very hot. I'm in rural Ireland, right? And it was 31 degrees. So you can imagine oh. what it must have been like in a city in the UK at 34 and 35 degrees. Now, there's, I think, six 3 p.m. kickoffs tomorrow. Hottest part of the day. I'm glad our game, with the way that we play and the way the Palace play, especially, I'm so glad our game is on Monday night, you know, because I'll be honest, I don't care if they get a minute water break tomorrow. I think players, tomorrow's going to be, you can see some crazy results. You can see some crazy things happen tomorrow with the way the weather is. But Crystal Palace first coming to Anfield first. Um, 
after what happened, well, you haven't been on a stream since the Fulham game. So, <laughs> what is your initial thoughts, and what are you hoping to see against Palace? What my thoughts on on the Fulham game? Yeah, it, it'll be quick. Quick. Past, uh, we're past I the watershed, so you're all good. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. I thought the first half was shit. I thought it was really bad, sloppy. Looked like that they literally rolled out of bed after a heavy night out. It was like it it wasn't great. It wasn't a great watch. That's probably one of the poorest first halves I've probably seen. And uh, a common theme that Liverpool have brought in from last season. I think seven out of the last nine games, Liverpool have gone one nil down to win um, to one nil down, which is abysmal. It's a slow starts is. Yeah, it's not great. And I'm just hoping this is not going to become a regular thing where it's like a slow start for the first half an hour, get caught cold. And then it's like, oh, no, we need to wake up now because uh, we're now 1-0 down. So, yeah, Fulham was crap. Uh, but on to Palace. Um, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the problem that came out of the Palace game, or sorry, came out of the Fulham game, was Thiago. Thiago's uh, injury. It's shock the the media reports are four to six weeks Klopp in his press conferences I hope for so he didn't commit to any time scale which he very rarely if ever does anyway so we don't know Um, we've had a few good things happen at the club this week though Harvey Elliott signed his uh, his new contract and an extension and today Oakley Cannoneer um, signed a new contract with the club as well so there's little things that are happening, but do you expect anything major to happen in the next three weeks? I don't know. I don't know. If you see reports that aren't from England, Liverpool are looking to do something. But then you hear other people said, nope, Klopp is completely happy, which I don't believe <laughs> that he is completely happy. <laughs> A long time ago. <laughs> No, I think we'll do something. I like we, we have got to do something. There's no way Klopp's gone. Yeah, I'm happy with all with all my options when we put in eighty million pounds for Shuemeni at the beginning of the window. So he knows that the midfield needs work, and it's it's been neglected a little bit, which is which is concerning because the season's shorter. We've got a pretty much we've got a pretty injury prone set of midfielders. A lot of pressure on the kids to uh, to step up. Elliot Carvalho um, and, and the senior players have sort of regressed as well, which isn't great. And then there's the enigma of Naby Keita. Is he there or is he not? Well, he's been so. there all week. So Klopp reckons he'd be available for Monday night. I hope so too. Patrick, I'll be honest, you, you had a really good performance you must be coming to Anfield pretty buoyant after our showing against Fulham and your performance against Arsenal. Because I, I'll be honest, the games against Palace, bar the one freak result, you know, bar the 7-0. Seven, seven the 7-0, that's a freak. Yeah, seven nil. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, bar that, nil. they've generally been close, tight games that mm. we've had to really work for it. You know, so do you have, you have confidence coming, coming to Anfield for Monday night? No, I don't. Um, 
I did. I would have honestly under any manager but Klopp, we were we did really well. I mean, under Brendan Rodgers, we were we were brilliant playing at Liverpool. Under Klopp, he just he just he just knows how to play against Palace. I mean, no matter who the manager is, uh, I don't I I don't um as well as he played against Arsenal. Yeah, Allardyce is brilliant. Also, yeah, I mean we had, we had we had we had some great results. I mean the Gerrard game, you know, there's a ton of game. You know, we played well, but of, of late, you know, you talk about the seven nil. I mean, there's, there's a four nil, there's a two nil, three nil, three one. We haven't. I mean, even last year's game at Celtic, we lost three one, which was kind of close to the penalty at the end. I mean, that's the best we played against you guys in a long time. I, I don't have a lot of hope for Monday. I would gladly take a draw. Um, the only thing that gives me any bit of hope is the injuries you have, especially in the midfield. But we just discussed our midfield. You know, we've got Eze, Decore, and whoever. It's not Connor Gallagher. If it was Gallagher in there, it'd be much more... It'd be more likely to be the heck Schlupp, I'd imagine, wouldn't it? It's going to be Schlupp for sure, yeah. So yeah. from that standpoint, as you guys said, unless Edward comes in on Monday and decides he's going to score a hat-trick, I don't see... I don't have a lot of hope for us. Liverpool is just too good for us right now. I just don't have a lot of hope for us Monday... Again, I pray for a result because, again, I don't know if you guys know, we've got, we've got Villa next, then City away, then Brentford at home. It's not a great start. So to lose the first two matches on the bounce and then, then put a lot of pressure on trying to beat Villa next week at home, yeah. it's, a tough, it's a tough start. So I will happily take a draw. But honestly, I'm not, I'm not hopeful. I, I, <laughs> Jack, really Jack, Jack you're, you're the neutral in the house. Uh, yeah. You've watched both sides in their opening fixtures. Um, what do you make of it? Because I can't look at what we did last year and what Palace did last year. I'm looking at now. And if you're basing it on the performances of now, how do you see it going? If we do just do it on the isolation of performances that happened last weekend, I think a draw would probably be about right. Because I think Liverpool... Like, I mean, I don't think that's what's going to happen, Luke. Sorry. I, <laughs> I don't think it's what's going to happen. But if we're just basing it on the performances so far, mm-hmm. I think the draw is fair enough. Because I think Palace fairly resolute against Arsenal. Really, that second goal was was quite lucky. And Arsenal didn't really do that much in, in the second half to get that second goal. But first half, they, they were good value for their lead. I think Palace, like we've said, if they had a little bit of a sharper blade, like they weren't quite so blunt going forward, they probably would have hurt Arsenal a little bit more. But Liverpool-Fulham was always going to be an interesting one. Because I think... like. A lot of people that we spoke to said that Fulham, it's just, you know, typical yo-yo. But this is a different Fulham team to the ones that have been yeah. about before. So yeah. they, and they were massively up for it. They've got quality players. Marco Silva has actually instilled some sort of identity and the players they've signed have improved them. Palinia was, I mean, as poor as you guys were, Palinia was fantastic in that game. And so Bargain. was Mitrovic. Yeah, so, so was Mitrovic. So I don't, obviously as a neutral, I don't think that performance was quite as bad as what you guys think. I think it was more that Fulham were just at the very top of their game and you still managed to get a draw. Like Fulham probably had one of the best games they'll have all season. You still managed to get a draw. Yeah. I think I think really Liverpool will win because I think Klopp is the type of manager to say, get that out of your system. Let's go back to Anfield. Let's put everyone's mind at ease and let's win this game comfortably. I think if you score early, you win the game easy. But I think if Palace are allowed to frustrate you, then it makes the game really different personally, but mm. it is very much whether you turn Luke, up or not. Luke, um, that's a, Jack Smith put a really good point on it, is if we allow Palace to frustrate us, um, how do you think our team selection will be to negate that? Do you, I mean, bear in mind, as someone was said in the chat earlier on, Joe Matip is uh, mistraining. He missed today's session because of a slight growing thing. 
Apparently, it's nothing serious. It's just a precaution that they took him out of training today. I was watching the show last night when I think it was Emmett made a great point. I really like Anderson and his range of passing. At Palace. Oh, yeah. I, thought I, was, I wanted him at Leicester. I wanted him at Leicester so bad. He when, was when he went outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding delivery. It's not just the range of passing. It's the ability of Wolf Zaha to read it. Zaha was never offside. That ball was finding him so often, and he was never offside. So the ability to get in behind over our fullbacks, Emmett made the point that he would have started Joe Gomez anyway because mm. of Joe Gomez's pace at right. centre-back to read that. Because, look, Trent is not going to sit back. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, just for anyone who doesn't know, Emmett is in the background doing all the producing tonight. So uh, you're welcome, mate. But I, how do you think we line up from Monday night? I, I guess the front three sort of speaks for itself. I think it will be Does Diaz, it, Nunes, Salah. Yeah, I think so. I think Nunes, so. Nunes um, gets his first start. Yeah, it's it's the midfield is 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 the tricky one because uh, I know people don't want Henderson to start, but um, I'd actually start Henderson. And drop Fabinho because I thought Fabinho Ooh. was so bad. Like, it was really, really bad. And Henderson looked better when he dropped back. So my midfield would be Henderson, Cater, Elliot. But it will not surprise me if we see James Milner rock into that midfield. <laughs> when he came on, he was the best midfielder. He was the best midfielder. And that is going to annoy every online fan. And they see James Milner's name on right. the team sheet. It's not going to make me best pleased, but I don't care. I love him. <laughs> I'm of a certain vintage, and I remember him wearing a strongboy T-shirt for Leeds United. For Leeds, yeah. For, you know, yeah. and I remember watching him playing in those games. I love James Milner. I love his attitude. I love his commitment, and I love his professionalism. Yeah, and I honestly yeah, believe, pro. yeah, he's a pros pro. And for us this season, he's the sub sub. He's yeah. the backup to the backup in virtually every, every midfield position, position yeah. and both fullbacks. You know, yeah. he, he can do it all. And I don't think he'll start personally. Uh, but what would you say your so you went with Allison, Trent, yeah, we Trent Gomez, Gomez, Van Dyke, and Robbo. Yeah. You went with Henderson, Cater, Elliot, because okay. Yeah. And a front three of Diaz. Darwin and Mo Salah. Yeah. Okay, I would go with the same back four. Obviously, I'd go with Allison as well. Um, I think Fabinho needs to get that out of his system quick because, yeah. you know, it's only one game a week and he needs to knock that performance. He was the, easily the worst of the three in midfield oh, yeah. against Fulham. And I don't think that happens twice. Um, I expect him to start. I think that Naby will probably start on the left. I think he's more comfortable on the left of the three than Jordan. I think Jordan Henderson in the left of a midfield three just isn't the same. He isn't as fluid. I like him. Don't get me wrong. I like him as a player. I don't get the disrespect that that he's getting. He's copying at the minute. It's just nonsense for me. But I think that if Naby's fit, he starts. I think Harvey starts. 
And the front three, yeah, I agree with you. I think Darwin has to start. Um, he's deserved it on his performances so far. If he starts, it'll be his first start for the club in a meaningful game. Interesting to for- see how he does when he starts. Yeah. Up against the defenders rather than when he came and, on. And they're so- not poor centre-backs. They're not your Burnley type, you know, your Tarkowskis, your Ben Mees. These two centre-backs of Palace are pretty mobile. They're quick enough and they're decent in the air. They, there'll be a test for him. And, yeah. But I think if you, I think Jamie Holm put a tweet up with the pitch maps for Bobby and for Darwin from the Fulham game. Yeah. And the average pitch, the average position for both. And I mean, apart from the eye test, you know, that you can see what difference Darwin makes when, when he plays. He gives you so many different options. And if, Mo's going to attract, I'd assume it's, it's going to be Mitchell on the playing at left back. It is. And Gehi out to maybe double up on him. You're leaving Darwin with um, Anderson. Anderson. And, and probably Klein to Klein come in on the right cover. Back. He will be, yeah. And, and then you've got Diaz as well. So I just think he he needs a start. He, he for me, I, I just can't wait to see him. I'm so excited to see him because I think we're going to have so much fun watching him this season. I mean, all the talk has got to be on Haaland and fine, rightly so. He's a star boy for the Premier League and Sky love him and all that. And I think as the longer that happens, the longer it stays like that, the better they leave Darwin alone to develop. There's no pressure on him. You know, the spotlight isn't on him. You know, how do you, I mean, Luke, what are you expecting to get to see? Expecting a fast start, not a slow start. I don't. I don't really understand why Liverpool are starting so slowly off in games. I don't know whether or not they're trying to wait for the opposition to sort of get into their rhythm before before we start getting into our rhythm. So what I'd be expecting is a quick start, high press that that high line, and sort of trying to box Palace in again, and trying to press Anderson to make sure that he doesn't ping those 70-yard balls over to Wilfred Zaha. So that would be my game plan. We're just trying to press Palace in. So I didn't think Gurhi had a great game against Arsenal. He I did. thought he was definitely the weakest out of the two. So it, it's a big performance to him to get that Arsenal performance out of his system as well because I think Gurhi's a great centre-back. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, what would your 1-11 to be for Palace? What don't think it's different. Don't think it's different from our Arsenal. So it will be Guaito in goal, Mitchell left back, Anderson Gahey, Klein at right back, midfield three. Barring a massive change in thought, it will be uh, Schlupp, Decore, and Eze. And up front, Zaha left, Edward. Got to give him a run of games up front. Edward up front over Mateta, and then Ayu. Even though Lise, I mentioned Lise being back in training, I don't think he'll throw him out there that first game. I think it'd be a massive sub at some point like he did against Man City last year came on uh Olise did a, had a had a had a great impact he's been, he was a very impact sub last season all, all season actually so if he's in the squad honestly I'd rather start with Ayu he's more defensive he's more he can you know bring the ball up draw fouls sometimes score goals it depends on you know how he's not the most yeah. clinical player on, on in the world but he can score on his day he's going also last season um, so that's that's what I see. I don't. I really don't see a difference in in the, in the lineup from Arsenal. 
we need to start being a little bit more consistent. So I can see Vieira going with the same sort of line for the next three or four matches. And then at some point, bringing Lise back into the fold, etc. So. Well, the five subs gives you that option. Exactly. Uh, you can, you exactly. can, bring, so, you can bring players in, give them time, and that could be a bonus. Jack, exactly. um, we'll just finish off on this one. Uh, scores, any predictions, and goal scorers, if you're going for a goal. Um, I think Liverpool score early, probably end up running out, maybe 3-1 winners. I'll go for Salah. Salah double, Nunes, off, uh, if he doesn't start off the bench or just let it go. And then, I don't know, Eze for Palace, why not? 3-1. Luke. 3-1 Liverpool. Um, I'll, I'll go 3-1 as well. Um, I think it'll be Salah, Nunes, and I think, no, I'll go to Jordan Henderson gets the third. Just watch Twitter burn. Just a boy. Hey, moment. <laughs> he nearly did. He nearly did get the winner last week. To be fair, oh, yeah, that would have been so so going to a now. Yeah, that would have been so poxy. And Patrick, we'll finish up with yours. Uh, scores and scoreline. I mean, three one sounds about right. I'll probably go four one. Honestly, I'll probably <laughs> well, to, to, to I, Palace. I, yeah, to Palace. No, yeah. not to Palace. I mean, <laughs> listen, I, I didn't want to come in here and and be you know. Oh I no, you be honest, all that. So. <laughs> Uh no, I mean I'm I'm not that. I mean I'm a, I'm a, I'm a I'm a supporter of Palace, but I'm not I'm not yeah. I'm not mad. Um, <laughs> Zaha to score, and for 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 Liverpool, I mean Nunez, Salah, uh, Diaz. I'm not gonna say Henderson. I can't stand Henderson. Sorry, being honest. Um, Trent probably gets one out of nowhere. You know, free kick probably. Fair enough. Yeah. For I sure. went to I went to one. Uh, I think it'll be closer than what people think. I was. I thought Palace. I thought Palace. I think Palace are going to be one of those sides this year that, you know, shape-wise, they could be uh, a tough nut to crack. Uh, I agree with what Luke said. If you get at them early, and what Jack said, if you can get a goal early, anything could happen. But even at one 0 I think sides are going to be playing Liverpool at the minute, and they have hope. Whereas you go against Man City, and they're beating no. on the tunnel. <laughs> you know they're beaten in the tunnel. We saw that against West Ham, and where they've been yeah. over. I've never seen West Ham. West, West Ham look just. It was a joke. It's the worst team playing play in a long time. That is. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, thanks, West Ham. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, I went two one. I think I could see Palace maybe scoring from a set piece. Um, Edward and I think Darwin. Darwin will get two. I I I think Salah's going to be. Salah's going to have a relationship with him like he had with Ed and Dzeko uh, when he, uh, at oh. Roma. The, oh, interesting. You'll, you'll see, I think you'll see Salah. There's one thing I noticed, and I said it on the Sunday night show. When Darwin came on, Salah went at his fullback on his right side and his outside. And he very rarely does it. Right. You know, but when you can, if he goes at Mitchell on his right side early, you know Salah's confident. And yeah. Mitchell won't know what to do then because if he can go on his outside or if he can cut back on his inside, it's let Harvey in behind him yeah. as well. I think. But saying that, I think Palace will be a tough night to crack. But get an early goal, anything can happen. If it drags out, it'll be a long night. But I think 2 1. Look, with the fourth game, we'll just quickly touch on it is uh, Brentford, Manchester United. <laughs> and I was Luke, Luke we rubbing his hands there. Well, we yeah. were going to chat about uh, Villa and Everton, but to be honest, who cares? Not much to talk uh, about there, is it? <laughs> Redford, Manchester United. 
Brentford done some really good business if you're a gambler this week. What do you make of the signing of uh, Martin Dansgaard? 16.7 million. A player who was touted around last summer at 40 million. Spurs, Liverpool were interested, I think. Yeah, big, big yeah, clubs that, were looking that's at him. Smart business, but that's like, as Brentford, like, that smart business is what they do because they think they picked up Thomas Dracosha on, on a free from Lazio. And a couple of seasons ago, he was really highly touted yeah. as going to one of the bigger clubs because he was an excellent goalkeeper in Syria. Um, it will be interesting to see how they replace Ericsson to see if Damsgaard can step up because up until er- Ericsson came in, I think there was a few people on the pod saying that Brentford looked like that they were they were a sinking sinking ship. They were heading straight for relegation. Right. Um, but I think Ericsson sort of stopped that from happening, and then they sort of finished quite comfortably in the end. So it'll be very interesting to see if Damsgaard can sort of have that same same role as Ericsson did when he signed. So it'll be very interesting to see how he fits in because I quite like him as a player. I think he's a good player. I'm not going to let Luke open up for Manchester United in a minute. Patrick, Manchester United, uh, what do you make of it? Because, look, we're completely biased and I'm not going to, you know, I have no shame in that. But what's going on there with um, Ten Hag and the, the, their transfer situation, the club as a whole? You know, I mean, you're, yourself and Jack are complete, are removed from it because you're both neutral in this respect. Right. What? How do you see them after last week's performance, and what do you expect from them going to Brentford for their first away day? Well, first, I totally rate the manager. I think Ten Hag's a brilliant manager, and I thought they had a great preseason. We played them in Australia, and they beat us pretty comfortably. Um, so I thought they were, but they haven't really signed anybody. I mean, you know, got they got Martinez. And they got the the left back or the yeah the left back, but they really haven't Plus, signed anybody. Yeah. yeah, right. And the thing is, they're betting. He's put all his eggs into the Young basket, and that's a massive, massive issue for me because clearly the manager wants it, wants the Young because he can build a whole team around the Young. Without the Young coming in, I think they're in big trouble. I really do. I think they're in. Spat I think they're in massive McFred. trouble. Say it again. Spat to McFred. Spat to the exactly. Double. I mean, think about it. I mean, I think last week it was the exact same lineup they had. That they ended up the season with last year, as far as I mean, I think they made Bad one turn. The post nine, it was right, exactly right. Because they had no centre forward, Ronaldo didn't start, but they had. I mean, it looks really bad. And again, I'm not. I I don't like United at all. I'm I'm happy to see him. I would love to get um, uh, Wan Bissaka back from them for Palace. Honestly, if he comes back on loan, like cause they don't want him anymore. Um, but I just think they're in big trouble. I think I think they're going to have to start Ronaldo tomorrow. I'll be sure if he doesn't start. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to just, you know, take 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 that and you know, take that bite that bullet and say, you know, he needs to start tomorrow because you can't play that false nine. It was it was it was it was useless last week. It didn't it didn't work. I mean, I'm not even United. Don't even they're not they're not City. They don't, they don't play with a false nine. So to see the play they played in the false nine last week, it just made no sense. Um, but to me, that they're in big trouble and again. That whole that whole I mean, people make fun of that whole McFred midfield is it's just not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough to win, to win any matches. They're just McTominay. It's, it's no, no chance. They won't. I don't think they can finish top six. They'd be looking to make. They'd be looking to make a conference league next season. That's how bad they are this year. I'm, I'm being you know, So no, to me, fair. they could yeah, be in it this year. To be fair, Patrick, if they finish third in the group, 
Yeah. Great point. I mean, <laughs> they they Jack, yeah. they, they, their midfield three could be Mc, McRabio. McF- Mc- was it? That's another one. Rabio in. I mean, uh, we, getting we Rabio was... in. What is that about? I mean, Rabio. Not, not to, not to, not to. No, it's Is it? Not to plug my own podcast too much on it, but we were talking about this on Tuesday when we were looking at the game. And we were saying that if you replace, right. like, why would you get rid of Pogba? Right? I'm not. Whatever right. you think about Pogba, oh. why would you get rid of him and then bring in Rabio? Like, it's, no, if you like, want a player like Rabio, if you want a player like Rabio, just keep Paul Pogba. Like, yeah, I know Pogba. whatever you say about him, like, <laughs> exactly. that is, that's not an improvement in any way. I don't even think De Jong's an improvement because he's not what they need. Like, he's a good player. He's not what they need. They've been crying out for years for a decent holding midfielder. That's the like, Maguire has looked, I mean, he is awful. Like, it was okay for us, but he's not worth 80 million quid. But they would be so much better with a proper screen in front of the back four. You look at all the best sides, like uh, City had badly. Fernandinho. Yeah. Rodri, like when we were in the league, we had Kante. Even now, we've got Ndidi, makes our centre halves look better. You've got Fabinho. Right. Arsenal have got Thomas Partey, but less said about him, the better at the moment. But like, you need that type of player to, to screen you. And United just don't yeah. have it. They had Matic, but he was like 50 years old. They like, run, he, they need that player, but they don't have exactly. it. On a side note, though, I will say, I know obviously, no, no, I, like, no. I like what Brentford are doing as well. But for an hour last week, and this makes our result look even worse, for an hour last week, they were awful. I'm not joking. They were so poor. It, and then they made five subs. We made one on a really hot day, and the proof's in the pudding about what happens next. So if United don't get a result against them, I think if Damsgaard comes in, he could make a difference. He could be that spark in the midfield. But if, if United don't get a result against them, I don't think it's panic stations, but it ain't a good start. It is not a good look either. No, it's but not. I mean, it's the type it... of game try and, that they will win, though. Yeah, I feel I like think, yeah, I think they'll win. I think they'll get a win, but I think they'll have to work for it. Oh, the, gam- the gamble with Damsgaard is he missed um, five months with aggressive arthritis. Right. And yeah. it's apparently he's had treatment and it is treatable, but that's the gamble. And it is huge. If it pays off, great. Happy days. They'll cash in and he'll be a 40, 50 million pound player. I think he's a smart bit. Of, I think he's a great little player. Um, smart. It's it's smart, but it has to work, and I think Thomas Frank's job depends on it. Hmm. Um, Interesting. It, it, yeah. It's one of those it's one of those signings that if the manager pushed for it, then you know by hook or by crook, you're judged by your uh, dealings in the window, and it could. Don't, it don't could. tell Brendan Rodgers that, otherwise <laughs> he is losing his job. Isn't he? Plenty of... I think yeah. Brentford's been good. I think Brentford's business has been good. Got Ben Mead. Yeah. On, on, face, on, on paper, it looks brilliant, doesn't yeah, it? Like they, brought, they, they look like they're strengthened a lot. But I, just, I think I second think... season, I think it's the thing. We saw it with Leeds last year. Leeds, second yeah. Season, you know, yeah. Sec, second season, it's one of those. I, th- I still think United go there and, and get a win. I, I've got it down as a 3-2. Uh, I don't know about you guys, if you were putting a scoreline on it. I think it'll be one of those crazy games. Yeah, 2-2. Because you're not... Patrick? 2-1 Brentford. Nice, go on. And then, and then the good news—they play who next week? Liverpool, right? <laughs> For that, three, that was three on the bounce. <laughs> that's going to be. Then they're in trouble. Well, in, in trouble. fairness, they're they're already planning their walkout. For, for that game. Good so. point. <laughs> no, no, yeah, Ten Hag might mean need to be careful yeah. about that job, you know, because he could. I tell be, you what, now is a great time. Now, now is a great time to be investing in green and yellow scarves. Not not sure if it's a typo. <laughs> Not sure if it's a typo, but in the chat, Bonkers LFC says 31-1 to Brentford. I don't know if that's a bit... There it is on the screen. (laughs) That'd be a result and a half, that would. 
don't think that's happening, though. Don't think that's happening. No, personally. But if it does, if it does, I'll, I'll, I'll hold my hands. Two, up, Laszlo going two one, Bonkers going three one. He's there. We go. Three, there we go. Three one. A lot of love for Brentford in there, and I mean, I know, Jack, all, seen, all I've done, all I've done is read the comments and just seen everyone slating Leicester. Brentford come along, and it's they're the best thing since last bread. <laughs> but Jack, I'm you've, not you've coming seen, on here again, Kev. I'm not coming on oh, again. BA, <laughs> we love you really. Uh, you've seen Brentford more than any of us because, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were shady. You said, but they've they still got good. the bottle. They've still they got the bottle good. to be able to pull results back. I mean, when when you let them just play football, when when you just let them play, like I mean, any team in the Premier League, if you just let them do what they want to do, then they will hurt you. It doesn't matter who Eventually. you're playing against. We could have played against. I mean, you look I at Villa do that for them. Yeah, but, you look, but you look at you look at Bournemouth. Like I'm not like Bournemouth. Everyone had them down as finishing twentieth this season, didn't they? Let's be honest. Yeah, like when yeah. you looked and Villa were awful, and Bournemouth beat them two 0 Like it's, it doesn't matter who you play against in the Premier League. Everyone is there on merit. Like. If you did, like, because that's what happened. We we were we were absolutely dominating the game. We should have been three or four nil up. That's not a could have been. It's a should have been. Right. Like, and we ended up drawing the game two two because, like, Brendan Rodgers doing Brendan Rodgers things, isn't it? Like, it's it's it wasn't the players that lo- that lost us that game. It was the fact that he made one sub and they made five. But okay. until that, or even when even afterwards, it was because we stepped off that they they. But they they are they kind of remind me of Burnley in the sense that they're very resolute. They all know their jobs. They're well drilled. They understand the task that's at hand. And Thomas Frank is a very astute manager. I yeah, think they're okay. better than Burnley, but they remind me of that in terms of their, like, just the way that they approach the game is that they know their strengths and they stick to them. Crikey. Okay, listen, um, we've got to finish it up. Uh, just wanted to touch on the fantasy fantasy league. It's still open. You guys can still join, uh, but... There is going to be something coming down the line for the people who were there on week one. From, uh, but we'll, that will be coming in the next few weeks. At the minute, the leader in our in our league is a team named Touching Cloth AFC. Love the name. I tell you, some of these team names that are original, as you like. Uh, he's on ninety-two points. Devin Locke is on ninety-one. He's triple captain the first week, aren't they? That's yeah. What <laughs> Darwiner takes it all, 89. Oh, Spirit of the Poos, 87. Arteta Young Guns, 87. Darwinism FC, 87. The thing is, down to... Ooh, where are we? Down to 27th is 80 points. I think the only advice I give anyone going into this, stick to your guns. For the first five or six weeks, uh, don't make any drastic changes to your eleven. But I have. <laughs> you would. Well, you would. In fairness, Luke. Luke, after all of the games were played last week on the Saturday, was lying in second, proud as punch. Given it, you know, I I messaged oh, I him. And I said, no, you- I I was I messaged him and I said, Christ, you're doing really well for someone who said he was absolutely geeking it. I am crying. And then and then Haaland played. And yeah, no, yeah. Kane got instantly removed and Haaland was in <laughs> vice captain already ready for Bournemouth. Quick hot takes on Erling Haaland, guys. What do you think? Unbelievable. Just quick hot takes. Hey, you don't you don't you don't score eighty four and eighty eight if you're not a world class player. Sorry, you, you think, just don't. Do you think he can stay fit for a for a season given in mind it will be the first time 
in his career that he'll be play in a team that's going in four fronts. That's the only issue yeah. for me is staying healthy. That aside, he'll score tons of goals. Tons and yeah. tons of yeah. goals. I think, I think Pep will rotate him in and out. He's not going to the World Cup. And as you saw against West Ham, point. Yeah. barely touched the ball. Two shots on target. Two <laughs> goals. Okay, you know he's called a penalty. The second goal. The second goal was like... <laughs> The second goal was like he does it in his sleep. He just went. Right. He just went. He didn't. He didn't. It was. It was so nonchalant, wasn't it? He just was like. If you, oh, if you ever played FIFA, that goal right. was somebody flipping an offside trap. Exactly. And you just beat the offside trap. You're sat there. And you're like, <laughs> what? Yes. what yeah. <laughs> Ball exactly. roll, scoop, and yeah. you're straight in. You know, this is one of those. Not. It was. It was so bad. The defending was so bad. Mm. But yeah, I think for how good he was. I can't get over how bad West Ham were mm. and how weak and toothless they were. People it, are going to even deeper because no one's going to... They're, they're going to see that game and think, we're going to need to sit even deeper because we can't even have a high line because all it's going to be is no, all over the top yeah. and Harlem's going to be sprinting through. Yeah, and one one Do you know the beauty of it? Fastest player in the Premier League this weekend, Darwin Nunes. Darwin Nunes. <laughs> but I think just on that note about Haaland, do you know what I think is really interesting though is that because he's that player and you're saying everyone will sit deep and everyone goes, oh, Man City are going to have to adapt their game. But what will happen is defenders will be so preoccupied by trying to stop Haaland, it will allow Everybody those players else. in behind yeah. to have more time Re- on the ball. Riyad Re- 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 Mahrez must be licking his chops. Riyad oh, Re- yeah. Mahrez so must be them. licking his chops. Yeah. And and Bill Gordon well. 85 minutes. And like, when you listen to Haaland speak about Pep, like he knows Pep's the top dog. There's going to be no Zlatan esque egos. He's probably right. being told there's going to be some games you're going to be sitting on the bench. Like it would not surprise me if he sits on the bench against Liverpool because Pep wants to play a false nine to control the midfield and then he comes off the bench. And okay. as long as Harlan's all right with that, then yeah, he'll 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 be fine at City. He'll be fine. At City. Al- Alvarez looks a player as well. Yeah. Alvarez. Oh, I was literally just going to say it. Julian Alvarez. There's one of the guys, one of the regulars on uh, Day Trippers, Keith Dunkett, he's uh, massive on um, South American football. Mm. And he waxed, he's been waxing lyrical about this kid for a while. Um, I think City have got an absolute bargain. This kid is going to be a 70, 80 million pound mm. regular for Argentina in the next couple of years. I can't believe they got him so cheap. It mm. sickens my. Proverbials that he got him. They do shop from South America quite well. I mean, they picked up they Jesus for reasonably cheap as well. Yeah, was it like 20, 20 mil, 25, something like yeah, that? Yeah. And Which in hindsight is actually a, a bargain, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to double that money to his best mate in London. Listen, on that note, I uh, just want to thank everyone for coming on. If uh, Luke, what have you got planned for the weekend? Uh, I haven't got anything planned for the weekend. I'm quite busy. No UFC? No uh, there's an event on, but the big one's next week, and I'll be doing content around it. It's a fight night tomorrow, which I'll which I'll watch, but I won't yeah. do any content for it. And uh, what's coming up next weekend? Quickly, because uh, even though it's yeah. not sports unplugged anymore, it's still got. Uh, it's UFC two. I think it's two two seven, seven eight eight two seven eight, and it's Usman versus Leon Edwards. Britain's Leon Edwards shot at welterweight gold. So I hope he. I hope it. I uh, I hope he wins it because I really want to see Usman get knocked out because he's cringy as f. <laughs> and you'll be doing the watch along with Callum 
yes. on the Sanderson show. Um, yes. Okay, cool. And Patrick, where can people find you and your content and what you're going to be doing? So I'm part of the Back of the Nest team. So we have a YouTube channel. We're going to be doing a post-match Monday evening after the Liverpool game. And we do podcasts available on Spotify, etc. That will be available on Tuesday. And we do a our crew does a uh, preview of the game. The Liverpool one came out today. So check out Excellent. the uh, your guys, local Please, please go and check out these guys' channels as well. Because look, they're being fantastic it. in giving up their time to us on a Friday night. It's been, we really, really appreciate it. So please go and show them some support. It would really help them out a lot. And Jack, where can people find you guys? Uh, so we've got uh, content on both YouTube and uh, Spotify. We, we release, try and release about twice a week. So we're uh, called the Talking Ballocks Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Ballocks Pod. That is where you find us. It's myself and a really good friend of mine who's a Newcastle United fan called Ewan. Uh, and we absolutely love talking about football. So, uh, yeah, if you, if you enjoy that too, then feel free to check us out. Yeah, I've actually watched some of these guys' stuff, and it is worth it. It is really good. Uh, definitely worth a follow, and definitely worth hit the subscribe button on their channels as well, guys. When the links come up, they'll you'll get their stuff. It is worth worth investing a bit of time and watching this watching their stuff. They're really really good at what they do. Um, I, you know, anyone who's in there in the channel regularly knows now that super chats are off, and they're off for a reason because. What we're doing is we're trying to push to raise money for Bobby's Wish to Walk. And I checked before we came on tonight, and at the minute, he, he's on sat on €116,000 to get to 150000 to get to America for an operation. It will alleviate the spasticity in his legs that will enable him to live as normal a life as possible. And the treatment isn't available in Ireland or the UK. The treatment is only available in Cincinnati. It's the last push now, guys. Um, the link is in the description. Bobby's wish to walk, the GoFundMe. If you can donate, I know times are hard, but if you can donate, that's great. If you can't donate, then please just copy the link, share it onto your social, share it into your WhatsApps, get the word out, spread it far and wide. Watch the link, watch the video on the GoFundMe page and you'll see Bobby for yourself and follow him on Instagram and on social medias as well and you'll get a real feel for what the kid's like. The fantastic kid. We've done this before with Sienna. I know we can get over the line. Uh, it's already been accepted for the operation, so it's just getting the funds now. You know, And it's a combination effort between ourselves and a lot of people and we're just trying to do our part and hopefully you can give him the last push and get him off to Cincinnati. Hopefully before, it'd be lovely to get him back before the winter, you know, so he can have his Christmas at home with his family and get the rehab going and all of that. So any help that you guys can do would be fantastic. Uh, just wanted to thank you all for coming on. It's the first time that we've had uh, Patrick and Jack on. I really hope it's not the last. I really appreciate you guys taking the time and coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Luke, we will see you again soon. Yep. And Thank you very much for all of your comments. It's been a really enjoyable show. Loved it. Thank you very much. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.